Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening up in the sky above us today and for the week ahead. I hope you guys are ready to run, put your sneakers on, your running shoes, because it's going to be one of those kind of weeks. And of course, it starts out this morning slow, slow, like molasses, right? How many of you had trouble getting out of bed or are having trouble now because daylight savings time started and what was kind of light in the morning is now again dark in the morning when we get up, even though it's just for a short time. <laughs> it's still this morning I'm feeling a little bit whiplashed like, whoa, and it didn't bother me so much yesterday because for some reason yesterday it seemed lighter when I got up, but maybe that's because I got up later. I don't remember now. But I know this morning I'm feeling a little lethargic. And if you are, there is another reason. The moon this morning also has been in a square with the planet Saturn. And when the moon and Saturn come together, it tends to depress our energy, um, making us a little more introspective, making us feel a little bit less like just jumping out of the gate and running, uh, taking it a little bit slower. So that, of course, already happened. Uh, earlier this morning, at the time I pulled the chart, the moon was already at three degrees of Sagittarius, which means it was already three degrees beyond this square to Saturn. So we only had it going for a little bit longer. And then after that, there are no other moon con connections today, right? It's, you know, kind of breezy, easy breezy kind of day that way <laughs> as far as the moon is concerned but we want to talk about the moon because the moon sets the stage of course for the week the moon today is in Sagittarius but this is the week that when looking ahead at March began this long train of changes going on or aspects going on between planets and it is both showing up in our human design and our astrology. So if you got the, the newsletter yesterday, it was kind of this long roll of things that were going on. I, I was trying to find ways to cut it, <laughs> to, to trim it down. But they're really, what can you say, right? When there's a lot going on, there's a lot going on. And you kind of have to try to uh, address as much of it as you can. So this morning, what I hope to do is first talk about the moon and Sagittarius and what does that mean for us for the week. Then I want to take a brief sort of overlook uh, for the week ahead and as brief as I can with so many things going on. And then I want to get into what are some of the biggest things, right? I don't really think in an hour I can go through everything. I refer you to the newsletter that was sent out yesterday if you want an exhaustive list of everything that's happening this week. <laughs> uh, and I will do my best to cover as much as I can today. So first, a couple of announcements. This afternoon, uh, my daughters and I will be back on Desire to Inspire at 4 p.m. Pacific time. That will be 7 p.m. East Coast time. And today we have one of our friends, Terry Strauss, who is a medium, a psychic medium, on the show with us. She is a reflector and so fascinating because yesterday, as we were just touching base, we realized that we both lived in the same part of Southern California, likely at around the same time, but never crossed paths. It's so weird when that happens. And uh, it's not it's not that often that someone says, hey, you grew up in Lakewood, California? Well, I did too. <laughs> I was like, 
what? Uh, so kind of funny, but that will be at 4 p.m. this afternoon. And uh, we'll be talking about what it's like to be a medium, how she gets information from the other side, her experience of working with the living uh, and the people who have passed over. So it should be a really interesting show that will be on. It'll be broadcast live on Desire to Inspire's Facebook page. Right. So just you can look for Desire to Inspire and the broadcast will be right there live and it's also recorded so it's there later if you can't join us at 4 p.m all right so good morning to tom b Lula, my astro family i love it good morning pam zaruba and tom said he's always ready to rock and roll you know yesterday as i was kind of putting all that together i'm like what can i say about this week that isn't like you know i guess i could have said hold on to your panties i could have said you know hold on to your hats could have said a lot of different things, uh, but it felt like this was one of those weeks where we we're going to have to, well, music, of course, always a great way to move through anything, but I thought it would be, you know, we need to be able to roll with the punches this week or just roll with the energies uh, while we might be being rocked up as well. Good morning, Julie. Treat yourself. And Joan Durchie, good morning. Happy Monday to you, Pauline. Good morning. Val Jocelyn, hello. She says, I received the newsletter. Thank you so very much. You're welcome. And wonder if all mediums are reflectors. I don't know. Um, I don't know, but I'll tell you what, being a reflector is what makes her an excellent medium, right? There is that, but she also has to be very careful because so much is coming through her, right? All she can do is reflect everything that is coming through. So it's really fascinating. And I think you guys will love her. She is just such a doll. Uh, Amanda J, good morning to you as well. All right, so let's dive in, shall we? Because we do have a lot to talk about. And I am definitely going to want to hopefully draw a couple of cards for us to uh, as a survival uh, tip for the week. <laughs> um, good morning, Michelle. It's good to see you out there this morning as well. So we're going to start with the moon in Sagittarius because the moon in Sag is uh, just moved in here later last night. And uh, we haven't really experienced it in our waking day yet, but it's a sign that really is about free spiritedness. You know, it is um, when you think of it, I, I always think of nature spirits, right? I think of, of uh, sprites and I think of fairies and I think of the all of the different nature kinds of spirits. And even, you know, when we had our conversation last Friday about Jupiter and Chiron coming together in their conjunction, we talked about how it was a call to bring us back to our nature's roots, right? Our more naturalness. And then of course, right after the day after Jupiter conjuncts uh, Chiron, we have the moon in Sagittarius, which, you know, is also that sign that both Jupiter and Chiron sort of co-rule. If you if you wanted to place rulership uh, for Chiron, Sat or Sagittarius would be a good choice. Uh, Sagittarius himself is the representation of a centaur with his arrow pointed, right? So we have this free-spiritedness energy with the nature-loving energy. It might be a great day for adventuring or exploring your, na your natural environment. And of course, all of our natural environments have just gotten upended a bit through the time change that we've just gone through. It upsets our circadian rhythms, right? Our rhythms have been set since last fall when we went into uh, 
what time did we go to set to standard time? Why don't we just stay on standard time? I don't know why we have to flip flop back and forth. That really drives us crazy. Um, but it'll be something that we can do for ourselves to kind of stay in rhythm is to get back out into nature as much as you can. It's kind of a bleary, bleak kind of day here. I'm not necessarily going to be spending it outdoors. <laughs> but there are other ways to get back to nature, right? By, you know, maybe doing things that are closer to nature. Knowledge seeking, Sagittarius energy, they are the consummate seekers. Those of you who are Sagas, you understand this intrinsically. You're always on the move looking for new information, kind of the quest for knowledge, right? So when I think of Sagittarius, I think of the true um, seekers of knowledge, the true uh, questers, right? The ones that go on the, the quest for uh, they're on the quest of their lives, right, for journeying. They're seeking that knowledge through usually higher education. When we think of, of Sagittarius knowledge, we're thinking of the higher knowledge. We're thinking of spiritual wisdom and seeking of spirituality or seeking of more spiritual knowledge, as well as things like continuing education. Once you've reached a certain level, right, you, to keep up a, a certification, you have to have continuing ed credits, right, that kind of thing. So it's the continual need for filling in the gaps of knowledge, right? So seeking that higher wisdom in the world. Openness. Sagittarius is a sign that is more open, right? There's passion. It's a fire sign. So the moon here in the fire sign uh, kind of triggers up our passion. And it also calls us to faith, faith in ourselves, faith that all is going as it's meant to be going, even if it's not of our liking at the moment, every, it is happening right? So there, it can't be anything other than that. So it is a sign that really kind of wants to be able to have the faith that yes, this is all going in. There's a purpose behind it all. There's meaning behind it all. And it is also friendly and a helpful sign. Friendly people, they want to be of aid to others or help where they are needed to find themselves in service in some way. But it's also a spontaneous sign. This is interesting because Sagittarius energy itself is fire energy, which can be very spontaneous energy. They're really great multitasking people. But what if you're a Sagittarian and you're not a manifesting generator, which is the multitasker? What if you're a generator? What if you're a projector? What if you're a reflector or a manifester? Right. So it's not enough just to know that you're a Sagittarian. You really have to understand how your strategy works. Otherwise, you may find yourself leaping into and out of so many different things and then finding yourself later wondering how they all fit together because the puzzles don't fit or the pieces don't fit. So being careful being spontaneous because that's part of your nature, but also doing it according to your type and strategy, if that is totally possible. I, I mean, I have a perfect example of this. My youngest daughter is a Sagittarius and she's been on the hunt for a new job, mostly because she is the, the company that she's been working for. They're totally out of integrity. She as a Sagittarian, honest, right? Blunt. They appreciate ethics. And these people have been totally unethical. They continue to show their true colors as being unethical. And she can't tolerate being in that atmosphere anymore. So she's been 
looking for a new position. And uh, she's like, uh, I don't know what to do. What if they all call me on the same day? And they did. Every place that she interviewed called her on Friday to tell her she got the job. And she was like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? So luckily for her, she ha she knows her type. Her, her type is a generator. She knows how to she knows how to uh, she's an emotional generator. So she knows how to make her decisions. So she went with the one that felt the best. So it's a way for us to think about how do we move astrology and human design together. So it really works to know both right? To know yourself in a much deeper way, you almost have to be able to weave those two storylines together. All right, so back to Sagittarius, spontaneous energy is what we were talking about, but watch for your type. Make sure that you are in alignment with your type and your strategy, as well as your authority, if this is a week where you have to make big decisions. Uh, Sagittarius energy is ruled by Jupiter, so it's a big picture, right? This is a big picture energy and it is optimism at its finest, right? Optimism, seeing the bigger picture. We're actually hopeful, right? We can see further down the line. It is all about honest communication as well. It is difficult for a Sagittarian to be in an atmosphere where there isn't truth, right? That arrow, of the Sagittarius sign is aimed at the galactic center or the center of our solar system where there is presumably truth, where the truth lies, right? With Sagittarius energy, of course, then we have to watch for a couple of things. What about blunt communication, right? They can be very blunt, brutally honest, right? So we want to watch for harsh communication. We don't want to just blurp out there are thoughts about what is going on with someone, about how they're dressed or how they look or anything like that, right? We wait to speak those kinds of things that are kind of on the edge of judgment. Um, we think of them as constructive criticism, but the other person may not accept it like that. So we wait for an invitation. <laughs> Big thing to remember, don't just blurt things out there. Say, if you have something honest that you want to tell somebody, you ask them first, is it all right if I share something with you? And you wait for them to say yes. And if they say yes, then okay, right? Fair is fair. But you also can deliver the message with much more honest yes, but tactfully, right? Diplomatically. That's where Sagittarius kind of falls by the way sometimes, right? They don't really like all the frivolity uh, that goes around those things. They want to get right to the point, right? Right to the point. But you could do that as tactfully as possible, as diplomatically as possible. Uh, watch, watch out for being such a big picture seer that you forget the details. Don't lose the minutiae, right? You need to be able to see both the big and the smaller picture. And sometimes in seeing the bigger picture without the details, we tend to skip steps. Now, again, if you are out there listening today and you're a manifesting generator, that is your type and your strategy. You're good at this, right? You're good at skipping steps. You don't have to do A to B to D to C, C to D to E to F. You don't have to do it that way. You can hopscotch around. <clears throat> but all the rest of us types, the generators, projectors, manifestors, even reflectors, our decision making isn't going to be about that sort of juggling, multitasking, skipping steps kind of thing. But we may be very much willing to do that, especially these next couple of days today and uh, tomorrow and on Wednesday 
uh, until mid-morning, it looks like. So stay with your type and your strategy and your authority, and you'll make the best decisions ever. All right. Uh, also, the gates in your human design that the moon will be at today, they're kind of, I, I want to say that they're kind of contrary, but they're both energies, the gate 34 and the gate 9, they're both energies on the sacral. And the sacral center is a center for doing, right? It's a, it's the act, it's the, it's the one energy center in your human design that has access to sustainable life force. So it's an engine, if you will, or a motor that is always running. It's always on. So if you are a manifesting generator or generator, you're very familiar with this energy, right? It's always roaring. It's ready to go. So those of you who are not manifesting generators or generators, this is now going to maybe possibly, depending on how your personal chart is set up, it may possibly bring you into sustainable energy. And again, this all depends on your personal uh, human design. But if you have your personal human design chart with you, the gate 34 is on the sacral. And if you happen to have one of the gates on the spleen that it connects to, or the gates on the throat, the 20 that it connects to, uh, that those gates might be hanging in your chart. This means that suddenly you have this uh, very highly activated energy. And the gate 34 is rare and to go, right? It is action in response. So it is response energy means that we are waiting for something in our outer world that we are then going to take action on, right? So response means that we don't just go from a thought, you know, or something in our, an idea kind of thing. We, we wait for something in the outer world, that matching picture kind of thing. But the 34 is raring to go. So if that matching picture is out there, we may just leap or maybe leaping without that. So you want to be careful. What are you leaping to? And there's other energy this week in our human design that is a cautionary tale about leaping. So try to slow things down a bit. Yes, we want to be as spontaneous as we can be, but we also have to make, it has to make sense, right? It has to make sense that we're not doing something just because, right? That we feel restless or bored. We just need to be make good decisions this week. And then the moon will also move through the gate nine, which is the exact opposite. It brings the need to slow things down and bring focus to whatever it is that you're doing. So the moon... Uh, triggering those two gates for us throughout the day, maybe alternating us from, you know, leaping to more focus, right? So just take care to make sure you make decisions that are good for you. All right, let's see who else has joined us this morning. After Michelle, we had a comment from, uh, yeah, Pauline, it was a very thorough, I sat, I, I actually didn't complete it all until just before I sent it yesterday, because I kept thinking, oh, yeah, and I need to put that in there. And oh, yeah, I should put that in there. So yeah, it was kind of funny. Uh, Christine, mini jet lag. That's exactly the feeling, right? Uh, Pauline says, think this time zone thing is a plot to get us off rhythm, I think. And definitely one of those things that I think, you know, keeps us uh off our game. Natasha, I feel the energies as much when I am me in my psychic medium being, and it is amazing what I see for others, uh, which I do to try to bless them with knowing. I think I'm a reflector yet can't check right now. You're not a reflector, Natasha. I, I would remember that. They're so rare, right? We rarely have a, um, a, a 
reflector in our midst. And when we do, we are darn lucky, right? Because they reflect to us the general health of ourselves and our families or our groups or tribe or community that we're in. Um, but they are less than 1% of the population. And by the way, that, you know, the fact that you have so much cancer energy, Natasha, is what likely makes you very good at what you do in that respect, right? Because you're intuitive by nature. You are open by nature to this kind of, of information coming in. Kajella, good morning to you. And Andy Girl, hello. And Pauline says, loved that move from generator to manifesting generator. So glad I had a consult with you. You're most welcome, Pauline. JLo, hello. Paul said, or Paul, Tom, oh my God. Were you Paul in another lifetime? Uh, is there a difference in human design charts when location changes? That's a good question. You know, human design is not as affected by relocation as the astrology is because the planets don't change their degrees right even in relocation the planets stay at the same degree what changes are the angles and that changes the house relationship so the planets stay the same they're just moved right like you moved across country tom the planets moved right but they're still at their same degrees just in a new place and you may notice if you're having readings with me, if you were, if I've noticed that you've been born on one coast and you're now living on the other coast, I'm bringing that in into your readings because mostly what I'm doing with you are transit readings right now. And transit readings, while not normally necessary to have the the relocated energy, I want to see because it's going to be affecting you differently, especially if you've moved quite away from where your birth chart was, right? So this week I'm doing two readings for women that were born in the US but now live in Europe. That relocates their charts. So sometimes it's best to do that with you so that I have it as accurate as possible to the part of your life where stuff is happening, right? That's the important part. Michelle, so you're saying that I should be spontaneous and chop my hair off and get the super cute bob I saw yesterday in a movie. Oh, my God. So I had this long conversation this weekend with my girls because I'm tired of long hair. And I said, I, so Heather was looking up uh, hairdos, hairstyles. She goes, Mom, when you used to have your hair cut short. This was years and years ago when she was born. So she's 40 almost. So 40 years ago, I had my hair cut really short. And it was adorable. It made me look older. But at that point in time, I was 21. I wanted to look older. I'm not sure at 61 if I want to look older. So I'm waffling, kind of like you there. But you would look adorbs with that kind of uh, haircut. Kajel is very groggy, walking through molasses. I kind of feel like that myself. Pam says, shared with a friend going through a lot of her own stuff this month without the energy changes. Uh, thank you for sharing. I'm sharing because people, sometimes they're wondering, like, why am I feeling this way? Right? Why do I feel so lethargic? Right? I got enough sleep. Mm, yeah, but some things are happening. Uh, you're welcome, Natasha. Um, Ty Lynn, hello to you. Hi, everyone. This is Jacqueline. Oh, good to have you with us, Jacqueline Tyler. And uh, I know she's been through a lot. And so it's good to have you with us. And now, let's see, I think I got everybody's comments and questions. If you have questions, though, please feel free. I'll scroll back and see what they say. 
All right, so let's talk a little bit. First of all, how Debbie had the same hair conversation. It must be something about hair. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I could just really, you know, see myself with kind of shorter hair. I feel like I have a mop right now, and that bothers me. Like, what do I do with it? But here's the thing: when you have shorter hair, you actually have to do something with your hair. Like right now, I just blow dried my hair and left it. I don't think I could get away with that with a short haircut. I probably have to curl it or. Ugh. So anyway. That's the thing, right? Do I want to be just laissez-faire about my hair or do I want to get into having to take care of my hair? <clears throat> Big decision. That's all I know. J-Lo, somehow my phone interrupted me three times but still could not get fully up. Yeah. So here's the funnier thing, too, is that at 5 a.m., Terry sits up in bed. He turns off the fan and he's getting ready to get up. I'm like, what are you doing? It's only five o'clock. He's like, no, -uh, it's five, five, five. And I look at the clock and it says five, zero, zero. I'm like, uh-uh, it's not time to get up. He's like, oh, okay. So he lays back down, <laughs> goes back to sleep for an hour. Our, our timetables are all screwed up right now, right? Add to that a week that's likely going to leave us breathless and... Mm, if you feel fried by Friday, don't be surprised, right? So the best thing we can do is take our time and just go through everything one step at a time. And um, yes, do it. Oh, Michelle, maybe we should go together. Um, anyway, okay, so let's get back to astrology, shall we? Um, the first, I'm, I'm going to go through the astrology first. Yes, I'm going to go through the astrology first. And of course, it started yesterday with Jupiter in the conjunction to Chiron. Now, not something that likely you felt in any major way, shape or form, right? Jupiter is a cultural society, a societal change planet, and Chiron further out brings the changes in reaction to the wounds that we have as humanity. You might have felt it depending on, you know, where it is in your own personal chart, that happening in Aries, setting us up kind of seed planting for what will be major societal changes as we go down the line. And remember, as we talked on Friday, the, that the wound primarily between these two is our over-reliance on the intellectual, on the, on the brainy side of things, the logical side of things in sort of an ignorance of or a, a less reliance on our inner gifts, right? Our our intuition, our instinctual awareness, our living in harmony with nature, right? And we just get shoved through something that takes us out of harmony with nature. How funny that that happened when Jupiter was conjuncting Chiron, right? We see the effect of the wound already because across this nation, I don't know how many other nations out there change time on Sunday, but across this nation, we are all gobsmacked by it, right? Somehow we're feeling it in our energy or in the way that we feel, uh, in the way that we're going to be, how alert we're going to be today, that kind of thing, and likely for the next several days. So did Jupiter conjunct Chiron make that exacerbate that for us? It's a distinct possibility. But remember that this is about our coming back into harmony with these two parts of ourselves, right? The, our more natural Sagittarius side, right? The Sagittarian side of us that is the wild, uh, that is in rhythm with nature. And the other half of the Sagittarius sign, Jupiter's part, that is more intellectual and knowledge seeking. So in a way, we're having to learn to blend knowledge of both the things that we can read about in a book 
and the things that we can experience by being in our uh, being a part of life on this planet right being in harmony with all life on the planet so it's an interesting time you know that we find ourselves in now of course today is also the beginning of the new human design week and i want to take that up separately because there's some big stuff going on there too this week that we are going to contend with so today is kind of a quiet day right a slower day of all the days except for the human design week change we don't have a lot of astro transits to contend with the one that we had was mars squaring or i mean the moon squaring saturn and we've already come through it right so we're there we're done so now the next big transit comes up on the 14th which is tomorrow and uh that is uh mars squaring neptune now mars is still in gemini and at this point uh, he has not even come through all, he hasn't even left the, the retrograde zone yet. He's close, but he hasn't left the retrograde zone yet. So we still may be lagging behind action-wise as we're getting clarity and gaining insight into what comes next, right? What is it that we want to take action on? And yet with Neptune in the mix here with Mars, we have maybe two or three different ways that this can show up. One of the first ways is a revelation of some sort of deceit or lies, or in some way where we have had, we have been deceiving ourselves, or, you know, being deceived by other people, or where we ourselves have been taking part in a deception. That is all a part of Mars and Neptune energy coming together. And uh, the fact that Neptune is in a sign of its own rulership, it's real easy to hide the truth, right? We can keep the full truth from coming to light, right? Because we live in an ideal world, right? In Pisces, we've got the ideal going on. But the real, when it smacks the uh, smacks us in the face, you know, could be hard to swallow. And then we see that we've been lying to ourselves or that we have been in a relationship that's been based on lies. And... It might be a day for us to remember to be straight, right? To be honest, but not brutally so, but just be honest with ourselves and with others. Now, one of the other things that happens here is that the positive expression here is that we become aware of key information that's being channeled to us from our higher selves. And I speak to it as, uh, I speak of it as channeled because, you know, sometimes we're blocking that access to our higher selves. Remember in your human design chart, let me see if I can show you a human design chart here real quickly. You know, note that the head center is partway up above the body, right? This is the head center here and it's, you know, partway in the body and it's partway above the body, which makes us sort of these receivers of inspiration and ideas of information coming in. Uh, and that includes coming in from our connection to God or spirit or source or however you wanna clarify that for yourself. And now perhaps the way that we can use Mars squaring Neptune is we can remove that sort of cover that we might have put over that and really come into an awareness of what it is that our higher selves or spirit has been trying to get to us. And Mars, interestingly enough, in your human design is sitting at the gate 12. And that's a gate that's on the throat center that gives us access to exactly that channeled information. I can't make this up, right? It's like right there, right there. So we might also call this divine insight, 
right? We're receiving divine insight. That's the high side of the Mars squaring Neptune energy. Now on the 15th, so Wednesday, the 15th is a big day, just a big day astrologically and actually in your human design as well. That is the day that the sun comes into a conjunction with Neptune, and it begins the new cycle of sun and Neptune for the year, right? The sun takes the year to move around the zodiac, and when he comes into conjunction with a planet, that starts the new cycle between he and that planet. The sun is our physical light, right? It's the warmth. It's the, it's the ego self. It's the, what you're here to do and how you're here to do it. It is very important when the sun comes into connection with Neptune uh, because we're also getting insight into what our next steps are, right? We're, we, we may have discovered through the Mars square Neptune where we're deceiving ourselves or where we've been deceived uh, or where we've been cheating or cheated on or where we've been lied or lying to ourselves. And now we get to reveal that and take course correction steps right? It's kind of a course correction time. But the sun also helps Neptune to clarify the spiritual march of our quest, right? Our spiritual wisdom that we're gaining. So that I, I always think of this as a big day. It restores our faith in some ways, right? Our faith in ourselves, the faith in our, our fellow human beings, um, maybe even restoring us to uh, how we are meant to be loving one another unconditionally, right? Unconditionally, not with the conditions. I'll love you if, I'll love you when. Uh, no, I'll love you more if you do this for me. I'll love you more if you're not angry all the time. All that kind of stuff. Those are conditions and that is not unconditional love. So Sun and Neptune reminds us about unconditional love. And uh, the two planets the sun and Neptune, I guess I can't get away with doing one and the other as far as astrology and human design because they just come together so well. Uh, the two planets are meeting at the gate 36, which is on the solar plexus. Now, Neptune has been sitting at the 36 for a while and he stays there all year, right? He's not moving away from this gate that is called crisis in traditional human design. It's called crisis because the 36 carries with it this very high experiential energy. It wants to live life to its fullest. But if things slow down, right, or we sense that we're in some kind of a lull, it can institute boredom or uh, that feeling of restlessness, like I've got to do something, the feeling inside that says, I'm not doing enough, right? I need to do more. I need to go more. I need to change what I'm doing and can kind of trigger us into a crisis almost because we'll start leaping into or out of things, right? Uh, one of the things I learned about this was uh, out of the frying pan and into the fire kind of energy, right? And when we have the moon in Sagittarius, which is already a spontaneous sort of sign, and we have the sun and Neptune sitting at the gate 36, what might we be just chomping at the bit to do? right? And we need to be a very aware of what it is that we're doing. What is the purpose behind any of these changes that you might want to be making? Is it good for you? Have you used your type and strategy and your authority to determine if it's the right next step? 
those are all the things that we'll want to be looking at. And of course, Pisces energy. So we want to be exploring boundaries and is, you know, where are those boundaries? Where are we crossing them? Where don't we have them? Where are the boundaries like walls and they're holding us back from expanding? Lots of things for us to consider these next few days, for sure. So we're exploring those boundaries of living life and what would it mean for us to have a boundary if we've never had them? What would it be like to release yourself a little bit from boundaries if you've had them so close that you haven't, you have no breathing room? What would it be like to bring down walls? Walls, the biggest one we talked about a couple of weeks ago is fear. What would it be like to do that? So the sun conjunct Neptune brings those possibilities for us up to the surface. And at gate 36, inspires us to take and make some moves in our life, but not willy-nilly moves, right? Not ones that are in response to some inner restlessness, boredom kind of energy. <laughs> we want to be very careful about doing that uh, at this time. Now, also on the 15th tomorrow, this is perhaps the biggest one and most impactful from now until, or from that day, Wednesday until April 8th, I believe it is, when Jupiter, the planet of growth and expansion, moves into the gate of shock, the gate 51, which is a gate that sits on the ego or will or heart center. Heart center is probably the better uh, way to call it. Uh, the gate of shock is not really meant to be punitive. It's not like you're deserving of a shock, like a cancer diagnosis or a death in your family or a loss of something. But those things can happen naturally, right? Those things happen naturally and they are awakening mechanisms. They're not meant to hurt you or drain your energy or to cause you harm, but they are awakening mechanisms because ultimately this gate 51 shock is really about initiating us into living more aligned with our higher selves, living from that higher spiritual ideal. So some people go along and they just are opened up to all of that kind of thing. You know, they, they, they willingly see, okay, I, the, there's this handwriting on the wall. I'm doing things that are against my values and I can't continue to do that. So I make a change consciously. So we can consciously go with that energy of change. I'm trying to be careful here because of the, the the spontaneous nature of the sun and Neptune at 36 can cause us to make changes that are not the right changes, right? Just to let go of some of that, that conflict of energy or that confrontational energy. But on the other hand, we do have to make changes, but we have to make changes from the heart, right? So we have to align with changes from the heart, the ones that call to us from our soul. So if you're stuck in a soul-sucking situation, say that 10 times fast, then it's time to make a change. But if you're just making a change to relieve tension or from boredom or restlessness, it may be better for you to hold on that. So the initiation, the wake-up call, uh, the shock might be that we have to live aligned with our higher selves, with that that more intuitive part of yourself, right? 
walking on eggshells here, kind of walking on eggshells. Now, Jupiter at the gate of shock would be bringing things that are designed for us for growth. Not to shame us, blame us, cause us pain or wounding. No. Now, you may feel pain or wounded. I'm not going to take that and say, oh, no, you shouldn't feel that because your feelings are your feelings. Uh, but primarily, this is about being initiated into another way of being. What more is possible? Right. Okay. Questions about that. Let's see how people are doing here. Uh, uh, da, da, da. Pauline, like, like to understand human design chart better, um, connecting to another number. I, I'm not sure what you're talking about there. 36 to 35 white line. So you don't carry, I think what you're saying, Pauline, is that you're not carrying 35 or 36. So it's completely open. The channel is open. But now that channel is at least halfway defined with the gate 36, okay? Uh, all right, so Jana, good morning to you. J-Lo says, oh shoot, I probably did it last night. I'm not sure what you might've done last night. I missed something there. Daphne Anderson, welcome. She says, oh, okay, J-Lo, that is what I've been doing, walking on eggshells. Yeah, that's that feeling that I'm getting to. It's like, but we don't have to, we don't have to walk on eggshells, so to speak. We just have to walk in alignment with our higher selves, right? What is your higher self prompting you? Are you listening? Because you might not be listening. Or you're hearing, but you're not listening, right? You're hearing the voice, you're hearing the, the prompt, but you're not taking the steps that you're being prompted to do. And all of all of us are going to be in a different way with that. There's no like one size fits all way that this will show up in your life. It really depends on how open you have been. Remember the 51 is on the heart center, the heart center. And that means that the heart center is being calibrated by what is right for me, what feels good to me, um, all of that. Okay. So uh, Pam Saruba has 51 unconscious Jupiter. So you're already familiar with this, right? This Your life purpose includes awakening, some shocks that lead to awakening, that lead you to take new steps or new action, right? New action is called for here. All right. Now, so, and by the way, I think I said this, but it's, it lasts through April 8th, right? That's how long we're going to have that happening. On March 16th, so Thursday, this is a day where we have a lot going on in one day. I can only break it down linearly, but you have to know that this is spherical energy that we are probably going to be feeling it all in uh, several days, you know, time uh, in different ways. Once One is Venus moves into Taurus on the 16th. Mercury conjuncts Neptune. So we've had the sun the day before conjunct Neptune. Now we have Mercury conjuncting Neptune. Then we have the sun squaring Mars. Whew, high energy day. Venus squaring Pluto. Whew, high emotional day. And Mercury squaring Mars. Mm, right? So that leads me to feel like we, we could feel a little ragged on Thursday with all of this stuff coming up and, and moving around. So the first thing that we want to deal with is venus squaring pluto because this can be about power and control issues within our relationships and that they come to the surface right they come up they come up for us to deal with right they come up for us to uh, heal in some way 
And it's usually going to be power struggles between you and the closest people to you. So your significant other, maybe your children, maybe the people in your household that are roommates, or maybe the colleagues that you work with day in and day out. Uh, so it's kind of hard to say like, oh, this is only going to be with your love, your most significant other, because our relationships, depending on the the way that we are, that you are, you know, in your relationships, it could be coming up. Um, and the, the good news, though, is it brings up what lies hidden to the surface for clearing, right? So if there's been something simmering beneath the surface that's threatening to blow up with sun squaring Mars or with Mercury squaring Mars, then this might be a good thing, right? It comes up and you can maybe deal with this, deal with this in a better, more positive way. Um, you'll have to evaluate for yourself whether if it's a touchy subject is this a good time to bring it up or am I feeling too confrontational about it am I feeling too raw about what is coming up and maybe it is time for you to do some processing for yourself first then take the subject up with your loved ones right and remember, your loved ones may or may not be listening to this broadcast or be aware of the astrological signature, and they may just be reactive to the energy, which causes all of us then to, who are in the know, right, to institute all of our skills at processing our own feelings, at waiting to respond rather than being reactive. Right. You guys know all of these things. Hopefully, you know all of these things. Right. So be watchful for that. And then after Venus squares Pluto, here's where the salve comes to the wound is that Venus moves into Taurus and Taurus is her home sign. Right. And it's a feeling good kind of place for her. It is a time to enjoy the simple pleasures of life. So for the next few weeks while she's in the sign of Taurus, we might be reveling in our five senses, you know, feeling good, smelling things that smell good, right? It's March here in the Pacific Northwest. That means the tulips are going to be blooming. The buds are going to start coming out and nighttime is going to smell so wonderful. And wherever you are in the world, likely you're also noticing the smells of spring, right? I keep listening every night to hear if I hear frogs. That's usually when I know the smell is going to start smelling good. Um, I haven't heard any frogs yet. It's probably still too cold for them. But in your world, it might be that the smelling sense is really heightened right now. But there's also the sensation of feelings, feeling like touch, right? Maybe it's a great time for a massage or to have body work done. And there's a whole host of things that that Taurus really comes down to the simple pleasures, right? Simplifying your life. Um, she also rules our finances. And so maybe it's time for a financial checkup when she's in Taurus, right? It's tax time for us in the USA. Have you done your taxes? Have you done what you needed to to sustain your financial picture through inflation or any other other things that might happen economically. It's also a time to reflect on our values. Are we living aligned with them or not? Right. Venus here gives us this opportunity uh, to make sure that we're walking our talk or we're talking our walk, however you say that. Right. Uh, same day, Mercury conjuncts Neptune. Now, Mercury rules the mind. And the mind and Neptune coming together might be communication and the mind meeting your intuition all together at the same time. 
So maybe we are communicating something of a higher value to people, right? Insight that we've gained. But remember, if you have a defined throat, yes, you might be able to speak to that. If you have an open throat in your human design now, then it's meant for you to wait for that invitation to, to share your insight, right? Or you could question somebody. If you noticed, you know, something like this is happening in your life, if so, I might have some insight for you. Are you open to hearing me? Those kinds of things, right? So we don't want to just blurt our insights out at people. Um, our thinking can also get a little soggy on Thursday with this particular transit. Um, it's foggy, sloggy, right? This is not necessarily, this is Piscean energy. So I have to say soggy more than foggy, but I don't know, foggy works too. Um, and it may be harder for us to concentrate, harder for us to make decisions. And literally when we have this much going on, you know, because the next thing is going to be Sun Square Mars that I'm going to tell you about. And Sun Square Mars could eradicate some of that foggy sogginess, but it could also in instigate, you know, more um, confrontational energies, more impulsive energies. So balance is required. Using your type and strategy literally during a week like this is the best thing ever. Your type, your strategy, authority. If you don't know what that is, if you're listening to me later on a podcast, or if you're new and you're, you don't know what I'm talking about, go to my website, living-astrology.com and request your free astrology chart and your free human design chart. They both come with a report that will help you understand a little bit more about yourself. And there you will learn what your type, your strategy, and your authority is. It will help you start to align yourself with how it is you make the best decisions. But I can tell you this might not be a good day. This might not even be a good week to make big decisions. Luckily, my Jennifer had to make her decision on Friday. So she made it before all of this energy starts to change. So maybe just be a little more aware, be down in your body, grounded in your body. Okay. Now, sun squaring Mars, same day. We're still on the 16th. This is all still Thursday. So the 16th, sun squaring Mars, high energy, high energy and action all day, right? And even days before this, you know, those transits, you know how I say they always kind of are applying, then they're exact and then they're waning but they're still activated for that time. When these two fiery bodies come together, they want movement. They want to move on with the show. So we have to watch out for acting first and thinking later. So that is that spontaneity. We want to be careful. You know, a lot of you out there, about 50% of the population has the emotional center defined, which means that you are not spontaneous by nature. You are meant to wait for clarity over time when making big decisions. The other half of you are likely a different form, which can be more spontaneous. But if you don't know that, you have to go get that. <laughs> you have to get that information first. All right. Uh, but confrontation and conflict are possible because these two such fiery energy, right? And at that point in the week, the moon is in Capricorn. So maybe that will temper things a bit, right? That will make us stick with a plan, perhaps, rather than going and coloring so far outside of the lines. We'll have to wait and see. Just take care that you don't run over other people in your exuberance or in, you know, creating conflict with others or confronting others in ways 
that are not going to be posi positive or unconditionally loving. <laughs> All right, March 17th, Friday. Friday, Friday, besides being St. Patrick's Day and being the luck of the Irish, hopefully with us all, we have Mercury coming into a conjunction with the sun and Venus in a sextile to Saturn. So it's a it's a fairly decent day, actually, right? But we still, we're, it's like hangover, right? Thursday's craziness can make us feel a little hungover when we get to Friday. And then we pile on more. Right, we're piling on more stuff. Mercury coming into a conjunction with the sun, though, that is called the superior conjunction. This is the superior conjunction because Mercury is in forward motion. He is direct. His conjunction with the sun that we call the inferior conjunction happens when he's in retrograde. But both of the conjunctions of Mercury to the sun represent the halfway psych part of the cycle of Mercury and the sun. So we're halfway then to the next Mercury retrograde. Now, the superior conjunction of Mercury to the sun, or yet yeah, to the sun, acts very much like the full moon does. Right. So we can kind of equate it to full moon energy where it's time for us to develop a deeper understanding of all of the things that our mind has been leading us to or where our energy has been leading us to. It can also be revelatory where we have that, you know, brighter light coming up uh, with the sun's message maybe getting clearer because he's in a conjunction to Mercury, the planet of communication. So maybe we are. Uh, able to get, you know, and use the wisdom of whatever it is that has been, you know, being displayed for us. Uh, we might have a sort of mental digestion that takes place. I described it as mental digestion in my writing this week because it's taking all of the new information, running it through the filter of the mind and being able to place it all in its proper perspective. Where does this belong? How does this play out? Oh my goodness, my computer is going to die here. Um, there we go. Caught it. Uh, okay, so illumination can is possible. Full moon, remember, sometimes illuminates those possibilities. Same thing with Mercury conjunct the sun in this relationship at the superior conjunction. Um, the next retrograde, I think, begins April 21st. And right now... <clears throat> We're still full on Mercury going forward. So it is taking that information, taking that aha and moving it forward. And yet it could also create a little bit of overwhelm for us as so much might be happening, so much going on in our heads. And we may need to actually partake in some kind of form of meditation or yoga, something that can calm our minds down so that we are not so overloaded. And let's see, Venus sextile Saturn. If you're looking for inspiration on what are the right next steps for you in your life, this is your transit, right? This is the one that helps us to see where we might be out of alignment. It helps us to get back into alignment because these two are working well, right? Saturn's need for goals and steps, you know, that make sense aligns well with Venus who wants to also keep us in alignment with our values, living again and walking from our talk. That's twice we've seen transits this week about that, rocking our talk, right? March 18th, which is Saturday, Mercury moves into Aries. 
and then Mercury sextiles Pluto. So we have mind issues. We have mind things going on. Don't have to make them issues, bad issues anyway. They could be good issues. Mercury sextile Pluto happens first, and this stimulates deep thinking, right? We might be taking all of that new information that we've received, and it might cause us to go deep, right? We want to really consider and contemplate what it is that we're learning. Our intellect and our intuition are both strong. And that is good because that's what we want, right? That Jupiter conjunct Chiron on Sunday last week, this yesterday, really bringing us to combining those two parts of ourselves. And we may find that our words are more persuasive, if we have to persuade somebody to our point of view or to do something or not do something, it could be a really good day for that. But it also is a day that can help us act more clearly, uh, maybe more clearly than impulsively, because Mercury and Aries can be act first, think later too, right? <laughs> so we want to watch out for that. Uh, Mercury and Aries, then, of course, the mind ramping up, right? It's activity. It wants action. We may feel like we, you know, our minds are leading us instead of us leading our minds. <laughs> and so we might be a little hot-headed. We might start to move forward without really thinking first. Um, there's a little bit of volatility here. Um, because the filter between thinking and speaking can be almost zero. <laughs> so we'll want to watch that we're not just inadvertently blurting out things to people or saying things out of time, you know, out of the right way of doing that. We may have a tendency, again, to act first, think later. So slow down, right? Slow down. It's about the only thing I can tell you with that one, slow down. But your minds are likely going to be very activated as we go through this week. All right. So let's talk a bit because it's already three minutes to nine. I can't even believe this, uh, how time flies when we're having fun, right? So the sun and the earth in human design this week are both in the solar plexus, which is the center for emotions. Now, this is why, you know, I'm taking the time to go through all of these different things, because you can see the impact that so many different transits can have on us. And then you throw in emotional energy with the sun and earth sitting in emotional um, energy, and we may be erupt from the emotions that are running through us from all of the stuff that's happening. Trigger points can be very thin, right? We might be easily triggered. So we want to be able to be careful with this. The 36 is called the gate of crisis, right? In human design, it we may find ourselves bored and restless and without waiting for the right timing, we could find ourselves leaping, like I said, out of the fire and into the frying pan wait, out of the frying pan and into the fire and causing ourselves a lot of chaos, turbulence. In the gene keys, the low energy here is turbulence. Turbulence. We don't need more turbulence in our lives, right? So the lesson of the sun this week is to not let, let that need for more excitement cause you to make abrupt changes or course corrections. Um, act in accordance to your goals right? And your type and your strategy and your authority. Again, I can't stress enough knowing how, how knowing those three things can really help you stay in alignment with actions that are correct for you. The gate six is also an, a highly emotional energy. 
on one side of the equation, we have the six energy that wants intimacy. It wants connection. And it's also aura busting energy, meaning it's very big, right? So all of us are in each other's faces energetically as we go through this week. It's influential, right? It is holding the tension of opposite forces, like in the low energy, it's war, argumentativeness, anger, in, in, on the highest end, it's peace and it's love, right? It's connection. It's seeing how alike we are, right? Uh, and it might be even because it's it connects to the 59. If you have the 59 in your chart, this could be about a fight over resources, resources like water or food or time or oil, you name it, right? And all of that can bring up fears, fears of I'm not enough, I won't have enough. And so then I have this natural reactive energy, which is to take all the toys for myself. Wars have been fought exactly because of that, over oil, right? Over food, over what other supplies, right? Things like that happen out of desperation from fear. So we have to watch this week then for our emotional triggers. What is triggering lack? What might be, remember Saturn too is at the 55, 55. The 55 is about freedom from victimization, right? It's about abundance. It's the spirit of abundance, that there is enough, that we are enough. So enoughness is another kind of, of energy that might pop up in our faces, not feeling like we have enough, not feeling like we're doing enough, not feeling like we're good enough, right? Enoughness. And then, of course, we talk about Jupiter moving into 51. And then now come the shocks that might awaken us to help us move into the right direction. All right. Holy cow, that is a lot. I hope you guys understood all of that this morning. Uh, okay, Daphne, I think I am feeling this way. Early processing to easy release and live the life I'm designed to live or creating for myself. It's a beautiful time to be alive. It really is. It, it really is a beautiful time to be alive. And it's a time to come alive, right? For those of you who have been hanging yourself, hanging back, who've been holding back, this is time not to do that, but to bring all you are to the surface, to the world, right? Because we need you. The world needs you. Uh, okay, J-Lo, I have 51.6, my design Chiron in the fifth. And in the fifth line is what she, this is human design speak we're talking now. And uh, Pluto and the moon sit. So interesting. You have a lot going on apparently this week. And that is going to be important for you to be aware of, right? You're going to get triggered everywhere. Um, Daphne says she's going to practice staying grounded. It's probably the best thing that we can do. And Christine, if there's time, could we get a card for advice for this week? There is time and we're definitely going to pull cards. And Barbara Doughton, good to see you out there. And she says, thank you. Inspiring as always. Okay, so the first card that comes to mind is going to be a Pleiadian Earth card uh, energy because peace, right? They're, that's what they're teaching us about being in peace. And well, let's draw one of these and then I'll see what else inspires my thinking. So the Pleiadian deck, of course, is uh, Pleiadian Wisdom Oracle Cards by Pia Orlean and Colin Baird-Smith, right? Our guests that are usually on with us, this, they'll be here this Friday. Um, 
it'll be interesting to see from the Pleiadian perspective what is happening in the sky above. Uh, oh, wow. Keyword is trust. It says, take back your power by clearing your fears and trusting in the universe. That's our first card right there. Love the Star of David looking thing here, right? Inspires, inspiring. And then the second card is also an evolution. So these are these are side-by-side -side cards. This is the card number two, evolution, ahimsa, ahimsa diet. It says change your diet to lighten your frequency to help create a better and more peaceful world. So we have the one and the two coming out from this deck. So let's see what that means for us. All right, uh, evolution number one. Okay, so here we go. Take back your power by clearing your fears and trusting in the universe. Whether you realize it or not, the universe has a plan and it's unfolding exactly as it should be, should in perfect cosmic harmony. Do not be afraid, but accept with trust that whatever is happening around you is perfect. Trust that something beneficial can always come out of challenges if you do your part to respond in higher vibrations to whatever is happening, right? Good, good advice. Let go of your familiar sense of fear of what you do not know or understand and learn to trust that everything is exactly right for you, for your current circumstances. Fear creates doubt in you while love creates trust. One of your greatest jobs is to eliminate fear and do everything from a place of love. Anytime you feel fear, remember that it is not your natural state. Something is out of balance within you. Whatever you may be afraid of simply points to where you are lacking trust. You must trust that no matter what your experiences are, you are going to be okay and everything is unfolding exactly as it should. The universal energy of one is to initiate. Begin to trust in the universe. It is from a sense of trust that you initiate more comfortable and powerful feelings. All right. So that was this card, trust, evolution of trust. All right. The second card is evolution as well. And it is saying ahimsa diet. And it says, change your diet to lighten your frequency to help create a better and more peaceful world. Dietary choices are a part of your evolutionary path of higher realization. There is no need to eat animals to nourish yourself. Killing animals causes more suffering on the planet. You simply cannot nourish yourself with the energy of fear or death that is present when animals are killed for food. Sugar is also a poor choice for it's addictive and tears holes in your light body. Part of your evolutionary process is to recognize the connection between what you choose to eat and what suffering those choices may or may not cause. Eating foods that have been killed promotes more conflict within your energy body and more discord and war on the planet. Choose a plant-based diet built on the principles of ahimsa, do no harm. Changing your diet will bring unexpected experiences into your life. It will increase your intuition and make you feel more connected to everything around you, which can help you evolve more easily. This is the number two, which is duality. Step away from the separation caused by duality and towards unity by choosing a diet that causes no harm to you or other beings for life is equal. This is an evolutionary step of living in ahimsa. So interesting, of course, a lot of this is based on opinion and you have free will, choose what you wanna do with your body, okay? 
um, good guidance at some point, you know, evolutionarily, human beings may be moving, we may be moving to a more vegetarian need in our diet and a less likely need to eat the protein from animals. Again, it's your choice, right? Changing your diet may indeed impact your energetic signature, but don't think I'm telling you all to go out and become vegetarians right now, right? That could be a shock to your body. All right. Use your own free will, your own thinking, your own intuition, uh, and let it lead you to what you eat or drink or take in. But the most important thing is that as you are eating, that you are blessing that food, that you are being blessed by that food. And so that as you're intaking it, you are imprinting the energy of what you want to experience through the eating of said food, right? You're not powerless, right, to uh, control how you feel about what you eat right? So don't think if you ate that piece of candy that you're doomed, right? You didn't get a hole or a tear in your energy field or your light body because you ate that piece of candy right? or cake. All right. That's it for me today. Don't forget four o'clock this afternoon Pacific time is Desire to Inspire where we're interviewing Terry Strauss. And I will see you all on Friday when Pia and Colin join us for uh, the morning show. Thank you guys so much. Take care. Bye for now. Do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world? Well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for Astrology, Human Design, and Gene Keys Wisdom. Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and your other favorite outlets.